Okay, welcome to our Fate of Midgard Stranded in the Southlands game. I'm your Game Master Porter, and tonight we have our regular players Aaron and Tiffany with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself and your characters. Who do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? <laughs> Aaron, go first! <laughs> okay, so I am Aaron, and I play Eleanor Westergaard. And uh, Mai had decided to change her high concept because we sort of went up a level last time, and so Porter said it was okay if I did yeah, that. Yeah, major milestone. And I feel like Eleanor has just really evolved over this whole game. I think I've mentioned this before, but when I first built her, I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go with this character, and I've kind of just let the story and the character inform me as to what she kind of wants to do and where she's headed. And so um, I've decided upon changing her high concept to a beguiling magical slayer. So she's still a sorcerer, and she's still a human, and she's still a hunter, but that high concept beguiling magical slayer, I, fit, I feel, really fits her now. Um, and then her other aspects are the same. So her trouble is venom in my veins, uh, fantastical facades, and then the Westergaard family business, and lady on a mission. And then she still has her vampiric dagger, and she also has that fancy whip. Um, another gear aspect that I think it's important that we remember that we have, especially for this next session, is uh, the Shadow Flame Lantern that Yolok procured for us. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be really important. And then also, last session, Eleanor went and picked up the Wards of Protection Against the Undead from the Necromancer Malfo. Mm -hmm. So we have those two items as well. Just for clear, just for clarity, it's protection from negative energy, which is oh. actually broader than undead. Undead just are powered by negative energy. Oh, I will change that on my character yeah. sheet. And then, sorry, I forgot to mention one other thing. So uh, we also got one more fate point to add to our refresh, but I chose to add a stunt instead of that. So the stunt that I added is under my innate magic. And so I am now adept at veils. So um, Eleanor is adept at glamours, transforming creatures, and veils now. So she is quite the little illusionist. She is a really what? Yep. And that that transformation is kind of bringing in some shadow crafting as well, basically. Yeah. And so cool. I only have three fate points for my refresh, but I'm not going to need them because I'm going to be freaking awesome. <laughs> All right, Tiffany, go ahead. I play Mira Barkridge. She is a well-meaning, eccentric, earthen enchantress. Her trouble, as we have found out, is does not kill. It's very clear. It's very troublesome. Hmm. <laughs> for better or for worse. Uh, her aspects are horticulture for hire, herbalist, hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. She misses her grove. She currently has the Winter Court Dagger and the newly crafted Staff of Summer Flame. Excellent. And what's your uh, your current refresh after the, uh, or how many fate points do you have after this, this level up? Uh, I'm currently sitting at five fate points, and my refresh is at four, so hopefully we'll be able to keep those fate points accounting. Mm -hmm. Mira also has a moderate consequence right now. Yes. Bad yes, I am currently in the healing process of my charred hands, which I sustained during the crafting of the staff yep. of Summer Flame. Um, and also, uh, 
we thought it prudent to start keeping a keep track of our current fig count. So we are sitting at nine figs remaining. What is that? Possession. Why do we only have nine? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Um, we exchanged one with the merchant for that fancy whip you like so much and <laughs> the potions, which we have yet to spend. And a high-quality map. That's right, the map yes, that, that is map. getting us around. Um, and we exchanged one for the magical wards, which will protect us on our journey to this new city. Mm -hmm. And one of them went to my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we can keep things in perspective. Um, <laughs> no, I, I decided that I wanted to give one to Tomlin because he didn't want me to leave, but I felt I must, but I promised to come back and to make sure that I had enough time and that he had enough time should it come to that. Aww. He has a fig in his safekeeping. I thought that was really sweet. I think sweet. it's really sweet. It yeah, was adorable. I think it is really, I'm giving you crap, but I really think it was sweet. <laughs> so that's actually a really good segue. So let's talk, really quick recap, what happened last time? So um, Mira and Eleanor sort of did our own things in preparation for mm. our Paranew journey. So, um, Miriam, maybe you kick off with what you did, and then I will finish with ours, or with what I, what I did. So, the um, broken and currently marinating uh, Staff of Four Seasons was... Um, uh, Tomlin and I worked on sort of marrying and grafting it with the, um, the staff that came out of the tomb um, that Yolok retrieved and that being sort of a firepower the mm -hmm. sorry the, the core of which was sort of a firepower um imbued staff or scepter excuse me the staff of four seasons sort of grew around it and we enchanted it so that it now has um a very cool firepower stunt so the staff is now permanently affixed to uh, the season of summer, but has like extra firepower oomph. Yep. Okay, so while they were fixing the staff, um, Eleanor decided to go out and she was going to try to do. What was she going to try to do? She was going to gather items for something and it was too hard. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, there was too much. There was too much. Um... There was too much heat on the street, basically. Yeah, so I wasn't able to do yeah. one of the things we wanted to. Um, so then she set her sights on going to Malfo's and picking up the wards of protection against the negative energy. Um, upon arrival, she met up with his... Um, uh, what would you Housekeeper call her? Yes. Jesha. Jesha. Oh, Jesha. Jesha was not happy to see her. And Eleanor, like an idiot told her what her name was because Eleanor felt like she owned the joint and could do what <laughs> she wanted. So anyway, um, Eleanor went in and she chatted with Malfo and uh, it turns out that Malfo had actually done some research on her family and said that he had a book that told what happened to the Westerguards and Eleanor really wanted to know what happened, so she asked how, how she could get this book. So Eleanor offered up her tattoos 
from the Shadows of Blood because he hadn't seen those and he seemed extremely interested. So he studied her tattoos and then she was able to look through the book. She couldn't keep it, but she looked through it and basically it said that all the Wester guards had died. They all had perished. Um, which is odd because that's not what she's heard from other people. Yeah. Uh, so that has definitely piqued her interest. So she took the wards, she gave him the fig, he was very excited. Um, and then she went to return back to Tomlin's house. However, on the way back, apparently Jesha had told the guards that Eleanor Westergaard was around. And so they tried to stop her. Um, there was uh, a small... Sorry, words are failing me. Altercation. There was Curf-fuffle. a fight. A kerfluffle. There was a kerfluffle. And it ended with all of the guards being naked, and she did four slashes. Would it be one, two, three, four? Yes, um, to make a W for Wester Guard. And uh, so kind of think of it like a Zorro. Yeah. A Zorro a swashbuckling move of that carving. So um, she did that, and she sent them back. She wanted the ki- the God King to know that uh, she was there, and she did that. Um, and then she returned home and got everything packed up to go to Paradou. All right. And then we had some emotional goodbyes, and then we are ready to kick off here. So you leave Tomlin's place. You're able to easily move through the city under a glamour. No big deal. You're getting pretty, you're getting pretty practiced at this. Um, you are able to meet up with the caravan and you head off. Um, I'd strongly advise that you don't ride your carpet until you get out of the city because it's kind of high profile. Um, so. So what are we riding? Eh, you just walk it. Jonathan? Two? <laughs> I'm teasing now. <laughs> I'm teasing. And the Donovan return. shows up out of a dust cloud and joins the caravan. <laughs> oh, man. Now I've got to find somewhere to put Jonathan back in. Donovan. Oh, Donovan. Sorry, Don- Donovan. Jonathan. Clearly he made such an impact on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So you uh, you head out of the city with the caravan of the Embalmers Guild. Now, here's what that caravan looks like. So it is... A pretty regal looking procession because the embalmers guild is like the uh really rich people's funeral parlor more or less so there is uh there, there's a lot of gold it's very ostentatious there's a lot of gold there's a there's a, a lot of camels being ridden all of the folks who are working with the embalmers guild are in very in their rich vestments um and uh, it's just, there's just a lot of wealth being flaunted because the Embalmers Guild generally doesn't have to worry too much about getting robbed because everyone in Nuria knows that you don't cross the Embalmers Guild because the richest, most powerful, most terrifying people in the land, i.e. the God Kings, um, all are really tight with the Embalmers Guild. So... They're... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I have a question. Yeah. Why, why are the Embalmers Guild making this trek to Paranu? So, this is a really common thing for them, actually. So, 
the, Nuria is the power, uh, the power center of the Nuria Natal region. However, um, Peranu is kind of where the like center of the Embalmers Guild is. That's where a lot of their oh. big work happens. So a lot of these really like really special embalmings actually end up happening in Peranu. Or um, a lot of upkeep, a lot of materials. Like, that's where, like, the center of the embalm, the headquarters of the Embalmers Guild is in Paranu. So, um... They just sort of have, like, an annex in the yes, capital city just they, to have, like, a presence. Yes, but the, a lot of their most important work happens in the, uh, in Paranu. Now, there's a lot of reasons why that could be. It could just be tradition. It could be because the because the 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 underworld is closer there's all kinds of re- but the the fact is that that's where they they their headquarters are so the embalmers guild makes a trek back and forth fairly regularly um so actually they're a really good group for you to be walk, be joining because most random people might have a hard time finding Purdue based on what you learned. It's not a city that anyone can just walk into. It's actually cloaked from many people who don't have a close connection to death. However, with the Embalmers Guild, you should have no problem. So um, you are bas- you've joined the Embalmers Guild basically as special uh, special guards. There isn't a lot of muscle following this group. There is definitely some some other guards along the way that are part of the regular embalmer embalmers guild um escort but uh it's you you definitely get the sense from just the way everyone is behaving as you're walking that um it's very ca- it, uh casual in that they're not worried um there is a they are a very formal group it's a very somber group it's very clear that hierarchy is like everything in here so there's a there seems to be one um, lady who's some sort of like priestess or something who seems to be, uh, she's actually riding in a, in a palanquin on the back of a, of an elephant, um, that everyone else is sort of giving her a wide berth. Um, there seems like there's a lot of hierarchy in the guild. There's also a, uh, a really, uh, a few really, uh, fancy wagons that look like they're carrying some, you know, special supplies of some kind. And then there's a really, um, the caravan leader is a very jolly man by the name of Karim. A jolly man? Yes, as in he <laughs> is, he has a pretty large belly, but it's not like the jiggly kind of belly. It's like the, the really firm belly kind of poking out. Um, he wears a, uh, he wears an open vest. So it's there. He wears a bunch of uh, a bunch of gold chains um, with uh, various uh, various um, emblems of different gods. So he can kind of pick which one matters in the moment. <laughs> he has a big black beard, a huge toothy smile, shaved head, um, big bushy eyebrows, and uh, uh, and he he is he has a big rich laugh. Um, that just that he uh, he uses to keep uh, the spirits up of the uh, the road crew and just keep everyone moving along. Um, but you've also heard him get kind of fierce with some of the some of the the crew um, when uh, when they're not doing what they need to. But by and large, he seems like a big big teddy bear of a man. He's um, a beefcake. Totally is what you're saying. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, 
So your first day out, you head uh, east out of Nuria Natal, or sorry, out of out of Nuria, and you start heading off into into the desert, and you get in, you are getting into some really um, legit uh, desert dunes kind of area. So it's it's very dusty. Everyone starts pulling up, um, you know, coverings over their over your faces because there's. There's a there's wind. It's just a lot of sand. Sand gets everywhere. Um, your visibility across kind of different dunes is kind of rough. And the first day is just hot. Um, they act, they uh, they have you kind of up near the front of the uh, of the caravan, and uh, you're able to just kind of keep an so you can kind of help keep an eye out for things. Um, are you going to continue being on foot? Are you going to use the carpet? Is one of you going to use the carpet? What are you? What? How are you going to do this? I would think that we'd both use the carpet. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's how we made the trek from mm-hmm. Perbestet. So yep. yeah, okay. and I mean, if they have you know as much ostentatious things going on, I don't feel like a carpet would be. Yeah. You know, no. I think it's fine. Yep. Carp, yeah, riding the carpet once you get out of the city is not a problem. Yeah, so. I think it's not like the carpet's going to get exhausted, so we don't really need to like take turns. So yeah, I feel like the two of us mm-hmm. can probably just hang and float. Cool. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Um, so the first day pretty much goes without incident. You are really hot. You're really dusty. Um, they do have, uh, they do provide, um, you know, food and water and that kind of su- those kind of supplies for you. Um, and then are there any other people like us that are joining the caravan or is it pretty much all embalmers guild um it is there are other clearly just sort of hired um hired mercenaries who look they look like they're not uniform but they're in moderately decent mismatched kind of armor um all carrying either spears or swords and shields um, they look like, they all look like trained soldiers who have, you know, left one army or, or another. And some of them, you can tell that there's some stuff that looks like it used to be part of a uniform and they've either repainted it, scrubbed it out. They've tried to, you know, hide up, you know, cover up the, uh, the emblems of what, what their gear used to come from, or it doesn't have any sort of heraldry on it at all. But there's no merchants or anything else. No, this is pure. Us. Yeah, correct. Okay. The the caravan is purely embalmers guild, plus some uh, plus any some help. There's can a food wagon, that kind of stuff. Can I make a roll to see if um, I notice anyone like me? I mean, I'm de- since I've gotten these tattoos, mm-hmm. I'm definitely sort of like on high alert. Of you know, are there any other vampires around? Are there any other? people of this order just kind of noticing mm. anything down that track. Yeah, you so you you don't need to roll. There no, okay. you definitely don't. There's okay. um uh you see a lot of tattoos among uh, around the the crowd, but none of them have any resemblance to yours. Uh, some of them are clearly kind of uh religious. You notice that the embalmers guild do seem to have some some patterning that uh the some pattern tattoos that seem you've seen on a few people uh, enough to recognize that it seems like it's part of their order but they they're drastically different than what you have none and the mercenaries all have a variety of sort of various you know military and thuggish 
types of tattoos. And everyone is alive. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yes. I mean, we are going to an undead. You are. That's area, a in a, so. in a in a session or two. That will be a very valid question. <laughs> Everyone in this group. Everyone is alive. Yes, you you can you get a smell of of blood and pulse from everybody here. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mira, this barren desert stretch that you're going through right now sucks. For you. Yeah. Sucks a lot. It, like, stresses me out. Like, Mira definitely has, like, a time since I last saw something green clock, like, in her head. Like, number of days that she just, like, ticks off. Does Mira have, like, little plants? Like, we had a conversation before we we started playing with, you know, succulents. Like, does she have, like, little plants in her bag that she sort of, you know, like, keeps Yeah, I feel like there's We've never talked about that, but I love it. I feel like there's, like, various stages of, like, in her, like, herbalism bag of, like, like a bud vase. You ever seen, like, a little bud yeah. vase? Like, a little vial with, like, a tiny little vial of soil with some yeah. various growth of, you know, seedling. or Like, there's something growing on her person at all times, whether it's, like, a dormant seed or, like, if you've seen those, like, fancy, trendy, like... um uh, air plant, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, necklaces and stuff that I feel like she's got oh. charms and stuff with little like seed growth. Oh my gosh. Variety. You would be so fascinated by the Nimheim gnomes. They all wear a hat that has like little dirt moss that patch of their homeland on the hat. So that they're <laughs> because otherwise Baba Yaga will pr- detect them and come like steal their soul. Because they're they're I safe as long as they are in their forest, so they carry the forest with them on their head. I love Wait, that. Wait, where is this at? Nimheim gnomes up near uh, the Margrave Forest. Bobby no- Yaga oh is in this world. Oh, oh goodness, yes. I didn't realize yeah, that. This world, this world has all kinds of a mismatch of all sorts, of <laughs> especially Eastern European influences. Oh. Yeah, there's some fun stuff. Yeah, well, Baba Yaga is actually in the... Well, Margrave is one of the places she shows up. Isn't that where Mira's from? It is, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, no, Baba Yaga is one of my favorite sub-arcs in this entire world. Mm. I... Yeah. Anyway. Cool. She doesn't really have anything to do with the Southlands. No, she doesn't. <laughs> All right, sorry. Next game. Sorry, fun little side note. Um, Nimheim gnomes are ridiculously cool. Um, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, you get to your first evening, and you get a simple dinner and some water rations, and the, everyone, they, it's interesting, they, do, they are setting up fires. You know the night is going to get cold because that's what happens in deserts. The heat just releases. So the, the night will get chilly. Um, so everyone is uh, circling up around a couple different fires and just sort of settling down for the night. And, um, and Kareem comes and sits with the two of you for a few minutes and, Hey there, ladies. How was, how was your first day on the road with us? How did you hold up? We held up just fine. Thank you so much for your hospitality and for keeping things moving. It's been as enjoyable as I believe it could be. <laughs> oh, let me guess. Your pants are full of sand, right? 
Oh, I have sand in places I didn't even know existed. <laughs> oh, now, where did you get that carpet? That is, that is amazing. It was a gift. Come, there's a story. Tell me more. Um, we got it from our friend in Perbastet. Um, perhaps you've heard of the High Priestess Nefrimi? No. She gave it to us. Oh my god, you're serious? <laughs> <laughs> Where else would you get the flying carpet? I don't know. Dungeons and caves and tombs. I figured you maybe you must you must be the adventuring sort. Ah, uh, no, we're not really adventuring sorts, are we, Mira? <laughs> no, not as such. We just we have friends. We have friends who have connections to the adventurous type, who entrust us with such treasures. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. I hope everything is. Uh, I hope everything is is working well. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. But otherwise, I hope you have a good night. Is there anything that we should be aware of during the night? We've never crossed this desert before. Um, should we be on the lookout for anything, or should we just plan on going to sleep and everything will be fine? Well, tonight I've got the shift covered by that other crew over there, but tomorrow night I'll need I'll need the two of you to take take part of the night watch. But... Noel re Raiders are definitely a problem out here, and they don't have, they don't tend to have the same fear or respect for the Embalmers Guild that uh, most of the Nur the other citizens of Nuria might have. So keep an eye out for them. That's our major worry. Everyone else, typical your typical bandits, usually aren't gonna, are gonna leave us alone, but Noel Raiders don't have the same sensibilities. And so. you trust you trust the capabilities of your first night watch. I imagine they wouldn't be in this entourage if you didn't trust in their abilities, but you'd say we'd we'd be well to keep one eye open as we sleep or or you'd trust us to let our guards down for the evening. Candidly, I I don't I don't know them terribly well. They seem a capable bunch of cell swords. Uh, they came from one of the companies. I, I can't remember which one, but they're all they're all ex-military. Um, so I they, I don't entirely trust them yet, but they seem capable enough. I certainly don't think they're going to rob us behind our back, if that's for what that's worth. But uh, I certainly wouldn't. Certainly, uh, sorry. I certainly wouldn't mind if you were to keep an eye on them while they're keeping an eye on us. Well, we try to get a night's sleep in order to rest up for our shift. The next exactly. I, and on that, I'll leave. let you both get some rest. You have, <laughs> we appreciate your hospitality nonetheless. You're very welcome. Good night. I raise my glass of water up to him as a little <laughs> cheers. He, he sort of, he, uh, he laughingly sort of, clinks you with a with a uh, a skin of water <laughs> and he saunters <clears throat> off and you two are kind of left in the quiet of the crackling fire so mira i think we need to have a little chat about something something that i am slightly worried about 
as we're going into Perinu and we're going into the city of undead and I need to know that you have my back. I am a little worried about what happened with the were-tigers. We didn't get to fully discuss this because of circumstances, but you let Nakumba go. I, I did what I felt was right, but you understand that no matter what happens, of course, I will always have your back. That is where my priorities lie. I've always valued our friendship above all else. And, you know, your safety and our safety together and and our collective protection, but of course yours, is is always of my utmost priority. I'm and that sounds a whole lot more clinical and business-like than I meant it, but, but you have to understand, I will protect you no matter what. I'm just worried that if it comes down to it, I've actually never seen you be able to kill someone or something, which is I've one of your strengths. You make things grow so beautifully. But if it comes down to it and you have to kill someone or thing, will you be able to? I... I guess I just don't, I don't see life that way. I don't see, I don't see it as an ultimatum. It has to be one life or another. There, there is always the way of mercy. And that's how it was with Nakumba. There was, Mira. there was a way to ensure the safety of all without the need to eliminate life and I, I couldn't see a justification to do so and I there... I find mercy as a strength and I value life and I don't see a situation where I would have to take another in order to save yours. There was not that situation with Daruka. Daruka would have ripped you from navel to nose in one slice. He wouldn't have cared. He would have just done it. If I had let him live, he wouldn't have stopped. I had to do that. And I hope that you understand that I used to not be like this. Where I would just be so brutal about things. But I feel like because you won't, I have to. I feel like I'm the one who has to do this, and I I don't like it, I didn't choose it, and yet here we are. And had I not, had we, had roles been switched and you had faced Daruka, I just don't know that these, that the outcome would have been the same. I don't know if you would be alive right now, I don't know if I would be alive, I don't know what would have happened. I'm very glad that it happened the way it did. And that we are alive and that we're here. But I want you to understand that you choosing mercy means that I must choose death. I... 
I can appreciate the perceivable weight that that must have on you, especially because I, I completely sympathize that you did not choose these powers that have found their way to you, nor the, dare I say it, destiny that took you to these tattoos and this power to sort of ride this line between indulgence and resistance. And, and yet, as you say, here we are. However, I, I would never knowingly put myself in a position where I would determine that death was the only way and then make you the executioner. I will do everything I can to save a life in whatever circumstances that may be. And, and I don't want you to feel obligated to, to compensate for that. This is my choice. I just want you to know that if it comes down to it, I would kill for you. If something was going, if Daruga was coming for you, I, I mean, I did kill him. If, that's the scenario I'm using, but if something happens, I am willing to pay the price to do what needs to be done. I just need to know that you will do the same. You will do what needs to be done in the moment. Eleanor, I can promise you this. While I cannot promise that I would kill for you, I would die for you. And I hope that you understand this. I cannot willingly take another life by my own hand, consciously, if it can be avoided. But I don't want you to die. I want you to Neither fight. Neither do I. Let me make that perfectly clear. <laughs> I do not have a death wish. I have, I have plans that that have a very, very long-term timeline. Please don't make this seem like I have a death wish. I don't. Where I stand, Eleanor, I would do anything for you, and I hope that you never forget that. I just need us to be on the same page. We're going into probably the most dangerous place we've ever been. I don't even know what lies ahead for us. How do you feel about killing something that's already dead? And I mean, that's I. I have never had a conversation with one who was already dead. I don't have a ton of experience with the undead. I'm not sure where they stand, kind of on the sentience <laughs> kind of spectrum of agency and. I, this will be sort of my, my first experience. This will be uncharted territory. And I believe I will have to lay the tracks in front of the train when it comes to those sorts of moral judgments. All right. I just needed you to hear that to understand where I am at and how I've been feeling. And, um, I, I, 
I am confident that you will make the right decisions when the time comes, if the time comes, and that I just want us to, to both make it out of this alive and back to our grove of figs, back to the oasis. No matter what that means. Wherever that may be. Mm-hmm. I, I would also just like to, to compliment you though, to possibly reframe your situation by embracing this hand of cards, which you did not ask for, by embracing the cards that you were dealt, you have gotten us out of some pretty formidable scrapes that I'm not sure we would have survived without your capabilities. So blessing, curse, somewhere in between, You know, there may be something to where we find ourselves that we may or may not have intended to go. That's some very good insights, Mira. There are moments when I am, I'm so, I feel so alive with this in a way that I never felt before. And it's so exciting and it feels so good to feel so strong. And there are other times I'm terrified and cannot, can't look at myself in the mirror and see what I've become and see what I'm capable of. So, so thank you. Thank you for appreciating what, what this is and not being afraid and turning away from me. I never would. I think it's something to embrace. I know that it could be something to be feared and certainly others who cross you should fear it. (laughs) But I believe there is something in the unexpected that is to be embraced. And I think you've proven that. I like that. I like that, Mira. Well, thank you. I'm glad that we had this little chat. I feel much better. I feel much better about... I feel like we haven't had a chance to just relax since since this whole thing began. We haven't had a moment where we haven't had targets on our back of one <laughs> sort or another. And I feel like with being this far remote, out as far as we are, and and having at least some level of trust with all the uh, individuals who've surrounded us, I feel like, like I'm like looking over my shoulder, like, you know, <laughs> at all of the strangers who we're traveling with, but you know, they're vetted, they're fine. Um, I feel like this is sort of the most, this is the quietest moment we've had together in a long time. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to connect. And I'm glad we have each other on this, Crazy, crazy journey that we're on. <laughs> As am I. I feel like we should sleep. Yes. We must, we should probably sleep. Yes. We have no idea what the night nor the next will bring. <laughs> so as you both uh, take a lay down to rest, um, you fall asleep and 
suddenly you are woken up by some chant by a, a deep moaning chant and oh no and uh this is your first exposure to one of the rituals of the um, of oh. this embalmer's guild and it's as you wake up you kind of get your bearings and you look at the the stars and the moon which by the way shine so brightly out in the desert and you realize that the 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 uh the this is precisely the middle of the night and where the moon is kind of at its at its peak and the uh the priestess is leading a ritual for a, a handful of her her devotees and uh they're all in a little uh they're all in a little circle over by their fire and they are uh their arms are upstretched to the moon and it lasts for just a few minutes and then they uh you see her kind of touch eat touch her uh each of them on the forehead and the chest and herself and then they all disperse and go to bed and this little ritual will play out every night on the rest of your of, on the rest of your trek in the middle of the night they wake you you get briefly woken up by this this thing that they is part of their their pattern you don't really know anything about their practices or their you know their their work but this is just a thing that keeps happening every day okay so the next day you carry on traveling again this day is a lot less uh, there's a lot less wind than there was in the first day. Um, you're, so you're not, you don't have, feel like you have to have a covering over your face all the time. You're not as, it's not as, uh, everything, you don't have sand in every fold of your clothes from, because of the, the wind. And it's just fairly pleasant. It's just hot. And, uh, you're passing through, um, a bunch, still a bunch of sandy area. Um, towards the end of the night, though, you reach kind of a new area and it gets a bit more, uh, a bit rockier and so you start moving up into some uh rocky uh some rocky uh hills and it's a bit firmer and you're actually able to uh spend the night on more solid ground and you find a small spring where so there's actually some fresh water seems like they the caravan actually kind of knew knows about this place and uses it as a, a lot a lot of travelers probably use this as a as an away point and so you kind of hunker down in a little, there's a, there's an alcove from one of the hills that kind of provides a little bit of shelter and everyone just sort of hunkers down for the night here. And again, in the middle of the night, the ritual happens. Um, are we on watch this night? Tonight, you guys are on watch. Okay. So, uh, or you are on, the two of you are on one of the rotations. Basically, they have a number of rotations that kind of go for about four hours each. So you two are not going to get very good sleep tonight. Okay. Um, but you are, you're not on watch the entire night. So you do get to rest. So um, during your watch, um, you're expected to be kind of um, patrolling. Uh, you both on, are on it together. You're expected to kind of patrol the perimeter. Um and uh, kind of keep keep moving um, but this is a because of the the shelter of your alcove this is a relatively easy area you don't have your it's not as exposed um, but you also don't have great sight lines can my magic can i make like a little flame in my hand so you don't actually create illumination 
that's actually something kind of different. Isn't that a basic thing, though, when we talk about magic? I feel like... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, basic light is a little cantrip. Like a t- yeah, that's fair. You can, do, you can do a basic light spell, sure. Okay, so... Staff of Summer Flame has a... You have a built-in and... torch. Yes, you do. <laughs> so I assume we're kind of sitting, mm-hmm. chatting, just enjoying the night. I'm going to be sitting there playing... I'm trying to make my flame a little bit bigger. I'm practicing. Okay. In my hand. All right. Cool. Um. And so you're you're um you do hear some stuff, but as you kind of go look, it it seems like nothing. It seem it ends up seeming. You're pretty sure it's uh, actually um some like rodent, some rodents and things like that that are out that are coming out at night. Um. And, uh... Can I veil our light? Uh, what scale are you talking Just about? Just mine and Mira's. Just yours and Mira's? Yeah, because, like, I, I mean, I think we definitely want her to have her torch, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily want other people to see her torch, because I think that... Yeah. Or, and, like, my little flame I'm uh-huh. playing with, but I think the torch is probably brighter. So you're wanting to... You still benefit from your light sources, but make it so that other people... Are you trying to just veil just your light sources or veil you guys entirely? Because that's actually kind of easier, in a way. To veil us entirely? Just blank you guys out entirely. Sure. Just selectively doing your light sources, actually. Yeah. Quite a bit more complicated. Yeah, let's just veil us, because Mm -hmm. then we can kind of move around and people won't know. And if we want to go a little further, no one will know we're there. You can okay. see a you can see a pin light in yeah, it's yeah. dark from miles away. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, no, no, that's that's uh, that's fine. Um, so uh, because you're trying to do both of you, and it's going to last for a while, so you can extend your stuff with your meta magic. So yeah. that's something you can do um, without making the difficulty. So it's just a little more difficult because you're doing two of you. Mm-hmm. So uh, difficulty three. I'm using my clever. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's a five. Okay. So you um, actually uh, freak out one of the other groups as you're, wa- uh, as you're walking or doing your patrol that was awake because they don't realize you're coming. Um, and uh, you kind of freak them out. But you, you are very – you're just starting to figure out this new veiling magic where you can, instead of changing how something looks, you can actually just make it not look or not sound. And that's really fun. Um, mm-hmm. This is some. This is exciting, um, and you have just all kinds of possibilities playing out. So um, yeah, you two can kind of invisibly do your patrols for your several hours, um, which is awesome. Um, is there anything you want to do beyond just your patrol while you're doing that? I'm good. Okay. So. Um, your patrol does actually go easily. Oh, wow. Yes. (laughs) So, um, the next day you guys head on, you get to enjoy kind of a, a, most of the day on kind of good solid ground. And then towards the evening, you end up back out into a dooney area and, um, you spend, uh, the, the next night you're not on patrol the next day. You are continuing through the sands, and as you're watching... Um, How many days is this journey? This is going to take, like, a week. Wow. Yeah. 
caravans not as it's a you know it's a it's a caravans aren't the fastest things and it's a good it's a good trek you know um and it's not a great road like it's not paved or anything it's it's a path um through sometimes good terrain sometimes bad terrain so it takes a little while um so on that next uh so i think a couple days in um as you are out in the day um as you're keeping watch as you're moving around could uh could you guys give me a focus roll please difficulty sorry um three Mm, Eleanor doesn't doesn't focus no she's she's not the best watcher um okay so Mira you are um you are keeping an eye out as you're kind of flying around on your uh, on the carpet and you see something catches your eye off on the off on the side by a by a dune and then it's gone and you're not sure what you saw but you think you saw motion and you're not sure if it was an animal or a it was something it was bigger than a rat and you you look you can't see it now but you saw something over on that hill motion you saw motion of something but you're not sure something got your attention Hmm. Is is what I saw is the fact that it disappeared notable? Like that what I'm trying to like gauge my level of alert. Yeah. Cuz like, you know, little dune voles and probably, yeah. you know, desert mice come and go, but like was the fact that I did see something and now I don't, is that suspicious? It's, it's, it is simply because of whatever, you're not sure what you saw, but it didn't seem like the size of a rodent. It's something, there was something bigger. Something it's hard, larger? Yeah, so if it's, if it is like a desert predator that has just dis- gone from sight, it's a bit concerning. Yeah. But you also don't know what those predators might be. Eleanor, um, I don't know why, precisely. Um, we should probably keep our head on a swivel. Did you see something? Yes and no, and therein lies the concern. I can't tell you what I saw, but I can't see it anymore. Should we go check it out on the carpet? I can, I can veil us, and then they can't see. I'm very. I'm having a lot of fun. With this <laughs> magic. Ooh, like a st- ooh airborne stealth. I yes. Um, oh man, you guys um, are like a stealth bomber. Now. Yes, we are a stealth bomber. Let's do it. Perhaps we just gain altitude. Let's just let's just get a little bit of height above. I don't want to lose the caravan, and I don't want to lose our place. So let's just let's keep up, but let's go up. So to speak. I'm going to just give us a little camouflage. Yeah. Difficulty three. It's not going to last for the scene. Or it's only going to last for the scene. Four. Nice. Okay. So you are 
you are veiled with one free invoke. So. Ooh, veiled with a free. Okay, so we go up high to kind okay. of see what's going on. Yeah. So um, we are stealth bombers. Yeah. And um, you can shoot fireballs from up above from stealth. Oh my gosh! Wow. Oh, this is great. <laughs> um. Okay. I don't kill things. My staff does. I was just thinking, like, <laughs> wow, there's totally gonna, we're gonna have a scene sometime where you have to face what fire does to living things. <laughs> we'll, we'll tuck that thought away for a future day. All right. So, um, you fly up and, uh, you are from, from high up, you're not seeing, you're not seeing anything again. Do you, how much do you, hang out where you were versus keeping up with the caravan. I think we want to keep up with the caravan. I think that's our For highest sure. priority. We're just trying to, as high, you know, we, maybe we go up a little higher, look mm -hmm. around and then come down and zoom. Mm -hmm. Get know, a little bit of that view, kind of just like see uh -huh. down at okay. what's going on. But yeah, we don't lose our spot. We don't want to like, nope. you know, circle back or that's anything. Death. Okay. We're not doing that. All right. So, um, uh, go ahead and give me a. You can totally tell this campaign has has women in it because we're like so careful with everything. I feel like guys <laughs> would be like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna zoom off." <laughs> All right, let's. Can I get another focus roll? Nope. <laughs> I'm in a two. Okay. I'm at a negative one. Yeah. I'm concentrated on veiling the carpet. Yep, sounds right. Okay, so uh, the two of you are, you, you catch back up with the group, and you are watching, and you're you're paying a lot of attention to stuff, but you're just not, oh, no. you don't see anything else again, but you just got a bad feeling, Mira. Like, you, you definitely, like, the, the more you think, like, you no, know, I saw something. And it wasn't a little something. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a rodent. It wasn't a lizard. Like. <sighs> so you said that we're up towards the front of the caravan. That's kind of our place in line. Typically, yeah. Is Kareem at the front? Is he leading the he charge, or is move... he like protected, kind of like way back in the middle? He has to kind of move around and about the caravan all the time, just dealing with different operational stuff. What is he mounted on? He rides a camel. Okay. Um, I I would just like to kind of saddle up to him next time he okay. kind of comes by. I'm not going to get out of line. I'm not going to get out of our spot. But I've made a mental note that next time he passes us, I want to give him a nudge and give him a heads up mm. to... Okay. Keep his head on so table. when he eventually comes by, uh, so if, as you as you get his attention, he he uh, he. He, he looks at, oh, I, wh where did you go? I thought we'd lost you. Eleanor has that ability. Uh, we, we thought it prudent to, to maintain stealth while we, we got a little, um, better vantage point. I thought I saw something off in the dunes. Something moved in a way that didn't sit well with me. And I, we wanted to get a better look. So we thought we'd get a little elevation, um, on uh, on the matter, but um, we didn't see anything. But I'm still I'm still uneased, and I I just wanted you mm. to be aware that if 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 you were to heighten any level of alert, I would maybe make 
Mm. Make that aware to your to your watch. Very well. I appreciate the advice. Consider us on alert. Okay, so as the day goes on, um, Mira, you have another instance where you you swear you saw something. And you just, it, you look again, like you're looking, and it's just like scrub and rock and sand and it's just nothing good. Um, and then in the night, the group settles down for the evening. And as the dark is, um, as the sun is setting, you, the sun is going behind a dune and for a moment you actually do see something this time. And for just the a bare moment, you realize that you are looking very clearly at a kobold on a lizard of some kind, like a pony-sized lizard. And then it is gone. But you know you saw it. And then you look again, and it is gone. But for a moment, you definitely saw a kobold on a lizard. Uh, and just so I understand sort of like the level of unusual this is, is a lizard of that size normal for this kind of realm? Is that sort of normal, normal fauna I would expect? Or, not, and are they typically not used in as Nuria. Nice? Not in Nuria. Hmm. Huh. Um. And you know, actually, I will, are... go ahead and give me a. Uh, either of you, give me a clever roll. Ooh, I can do clever. Uh, that would be a three. Three for clever. I've got three as well. All right. So since this has kind of been Amira, I mean, so um. In Nuria, it's not normal at all. In the Moroti Empire, it's very common. They use drakes as mounts. All sorts of varieties of drakes. And what is the Moroti Empire again? That is the Dragon Empire. That is to the east of Nuria Natal. Think like... Um, so it's in the far southeast chunk of Midgard. Mm. They are an aggressively uh, ex aggressively expansionist empire ruled by immensely powerful ancient dragons who have decided that by working together and ruling an enormous empire of kobolds and dragonkin and humans and lesser dragons that they can pretty much conquer the world. And they're going about that very thing. Nuria and the Moroti Empire have been in struggles for a long time. Um, the uh, they, the Moroti Empire has destroyed the homeland of the Minotaurs. They are pressing northwards into um, up into kind of the eastern eastern side of the realm where you kind of grew up, um, Mira. The Moroti Empire is one of the biggest dangers of the of the world in the present day and because uh, they they're getting very large they're getting very sprawling but they are terrifying 
I feel like in the Oasis, we probably heard tales of everything that was happening on the outside world, but we've never seen anything. Yeah. And all of a sudden, these <laughs> myths or... I mean, it's kind of like when we hear news about stuff happening mm -hmm. halfway across the world, and it doesn't really affect us, so it's just sort of a story. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself living over there, and you're like, this thing is happening right now. Like, this is my problem. And... I feel like that's something that we are getting to encounter, which is kind of cool and terrifying all at the same time. So by the nature that I recognize the mount as you, you have never is, seen, especially because I'm as sort of closely familiar to it as. So you've never seen Moroti Moroti troops before you have heard of them you know you've never seen a you like in your time in nuria and per bastet you never saw sorry you never saw kobolds riding drakes there that was not something they they were riding camels they were riding ponies they were you know they they were on you know they they, they kind of blended in with the the local um the other local uh fauna um the drakes are definitely something you've heard of and, and seen stuff of from the Marodi Empire, but you've never actually seen one live before. Well, I guess that's my question is like, do I recognize that particular animal as that's a big lizard or is that that is an agent of the Marodi Empire? You are you are re seeing a oh, that's a big lizard. I haven't seen one of those, but I've heard the Marodi writing big lizards. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So you have a bit of vague connection. Um, and you've been hearing lots like on talk on the street, there's a lot of talk about are the Moro like are the Moroti gonna keep are they busy elsewhere? Are we gonna like there's been some really big clashes between Nuria and the Moroti in the re in recent history, but it's in kind of a lull right now, and everyone's wondering if the Moroti are coming back soon or if they're going to go make trouble elsewhere or if they're going to like, no one quite knows what the Moroti are doing right now. Okay. So from what I can see from my direct observation, from what I can see, I have made connections to like, yes. I've, I'm connecting dots yeah. from what I'm You're seeing to dots. what I know. It's not like a stabbing realization of <gasps> yes, correct. This immediate threat. It's more like, mm, uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. And this is like evening, you're saying? This is like mm -hmm. dusk? Yes. Okay. You guys are um, just so, making camp for the night. So presumably everyone is sort of setting, settling down and not in motion at the moment. Correct. Okay. Um, Eleanor, we need to find Kareem right now. Um, we need to... He needs to be aware. Yes, um, of course. Um, sure, let's let us get on the carpet. So you so find we're Kareem like, by the supply wagon. Okay, um, uh, Kareem. I I I'm sorry to interrupt. I know we're all making uh, preparations. Um, I I was able to observe. Um, Remember I told you a while back earlier, um, something wasn't sitting right with me. Yes, yes, um, Mira, did you see something? Sorry, I'm, I'm really I, busy here. 
Ah, I'm afraid we have a tale. A very long, scaly, mounted tail. Excuse me? Um, A lizard, the largest lizard I have ever seen or ever hoped to see was being ridden by a kobold off in the distance. Oh, dear. And I, I know enough to know that regardless of who this kobold might be, this is cause for alarm. Did you, did you see him right off? Do you see, what did, what was he doing? What, um, I, I didn't see much. I saw, I saw where they were and then I didn't see them anymore, which is almost more concerning in my mind, but. Oh no. You need to be, you need to. Yes. No, you, that sounds like a. You need to double the watch and you need to make them aware and put them fully armed. That sounds like a Moroti scout. Damn it, what are they doing in this area? Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, all right, um, meet me at my, meet me at my wagon in five minutes. He, he, he rushes off to go grab the other, some of the others. Um, and uh, so he uh, he kind of pulls together the all of the, uh, the the mercenaries and you and some of the uh, look like the more for a few formal looking guards for the uh, embalmers guild and uh, asks you to kind of tell everyone what you saw and then jumps in. So sounds like we're being watched and it might they might they might just want to stay away from us. They might just be, they might be outriders of a, of an invading force. They might be raiders. Who knows? But whatever it is, it can't be good. So, um, are, are any of you good for night scouting? Can any of you see in the dark? They all kind of look at each other. They're, they're all, they're all humans. They're all, everyone kind of shakes their heads. Do I have... You don't have any particular good, like, night night senses or anything like that. Although, it can veil us, and you we can. can use her torch on the carpet. Mm-hmm. That is true. You two can, yes, you two could do your, your veiling, your veiling lights. Our stealth lights, bomber. Your stealth bomber mm-hmm. trick. So you two could go hunt around. Sure, I think we should do that. I think we should volunteer. I, I think we should, I definitely think we should offer that. Um... Because in the back of Mira's mind, I mean, she's not really super one for politics. Um, but, you know, on the one hand, yes, it's this super dangerous, like, expansive empire who wants to take over realms. But on the other hand, she's been hanging on to the dagger that held the, the basically the bounty memo on us. And I, in the back of her mind... You know, they might just be sort of out for opportunistic attack and expansion. They might be straight up tracking us. And just as we had had the the talk the night before about like, whew, aren't we glad we got rid of those (laughs) ding-dang tigers? We're free at last. And now it's, mm -mm. who who knows who else is is after us in this one 
pursued. Pursued. Um. Yeah. So, I, I think that. So we I think do it. in in the in the um in the effort of protecting the caravan, um, I think if it is us that they're after, then by us being scouts, that may draw them out. I agree. Okay. All right. So you're gonna do your. All right. Um. So if uh, Eleanor can please do her veil. That's a four. Okay, that'll do. All right, so you're able to take your light sources, and you are able to see, but you cannot be seen. Mm -hmm. So you start flying around. Do you want to start kind of where you thought you saw, where you saw the guy? Okay. So um, because it's getting dim, you're not, you know, it's not good circumstances for, like, tracking, and nor nor are either of you accomplished you know, survivalists or anything like that. No. So tracking isn't really an option. But as you, um, as you are flying around that area, you do see, um, it's weird. You see a blob of black move, and then it's gone. And then a couple minutes later, you see another blob move, and then it's gone. And you're seeing the, and it's it's. You're, now that you kind of know what you're looking for, you're seeing these blobs definitely sort of align with what you kind of what you were seeing—a mounted, you know, a, a shape on a on the on a on a larger shape, um, and it moves and then it disappears. Can we get in closer? Sure. All right. So, um, as you are, because they can't see us, they can't see you. So as they're moving, or as you're moving in. So yes, uh, after a while, you do get a good look at. Suddenly, you see it, and you it, you couldn't see it, and then you did. When it moved, you saw it. Wow! And then you see it scurrying to a new location, and then when it stops moving, a moment later, it disappears into the terrain. Like with camouflage, like not camouflage. not like a portal. Correct. Wow. So, so when they're moving, they can be seen. When they stop moving, they disappear into the ter- into the the terrain. Do we know what this is? It it looks like a kobold on a lizard, and the lizard looks like a chunky, um, like a uh, uh, think of like a kind of like a gila monster, mm. bigger legs, really tiny vestigial wings poking out of its back that probably couldn't do anything because it's a pretty chunky chunky lizard big beefy head but it moves fast like it moved like when it's going in a, a straight when it's charging in a straight line it moved like a horse how many are we seeing you're not sure because you see one and then you don't see it again but then you see another one move and but there's several at least mm. That's a disconcerting sentence. <laughs> yeah, there are. A, you're you're pretty sure you're ca- like, um, unless they're being super, unless they're extra tricky. Some there's probably at least a handful going on here. Okay. And they move to a vantage point, and then they disappear. They sit still and disappear. And they don't reappear from the same spot they disappeared from. You have yet it's to see like one. They're like hopping around. 
they seem to sit still enough long enough and you guys are on the move because you because you're kind of moving around it's really hard to see the same one move again but you're kind of getting the gist there's a number of them there's several okay. for sure do, are, do they look like they are I don't know getting ready to attack or are they just kind of doing their thing are they following us are they like can we tell what their activity is? They definitely seem to be moving to different vantage points to watch the caravan. And Kareem did call them scouts. Yes. So I think we're definitely looking at a scouting party, not a raiding party. And kobolds do have dark vision. Mm, they, are, they are un, they are uh, they prefer nighttime. They are very uncomfortable during the day actually. They do. That's why they do a lot of mining work and interior jobs, and they do not like being like. You'll never find a kobold doing outdoor labor in the day if it can avoid it. Hmm. We need to notify the caravan right now because we don't know how many we're dealing with, if they're outnumbered, or if if we're dealing with very a small but very mobile crew. We need numbers. And we need reinforcements now. All right. Let's go back. Okay, so you get back to the caravan. And, yeah, we uh, go right back to, to Kareem. We let him know everything we saw. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Do you, do you think they're planning a night? Do you think they're planning a night attack? There was an awful lot of motion for this time of night. They didn't look they didn't look settled. They didn't look planted down. They looked to continue to seek out whatever they whatever it is they want. They didn't seem satisfied. Can I veil our caravan? That would be that would be an undertaking. It's possible. That falls in the realm of like that falls in the realm of a ritual, which is not something you you have but no. But the priestess knows how to do a ritual. The priestess is probably a very probably an experienced ritualist. Hmm. I would like to go talk to the priestess. So, um, Kareem. So, okay, you. Can you bring bring that up? Bring that up in character. Okay, Karim. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but Eleanor and myself are able to zip around um, very much unnoticed. Yes. I'm wondering, what if I went and I talked to the priestess? I've noticed her doing her ritual every night. And I'm wondering, what if I could combine my magic with her rituals? And what if we could make the entire caravan disappear? Good lord, you could do that? I don't know, I've never done it before, but hey, when in Rome... <laughs> Wait. Wait, wait, what? Where? Or when in, when <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> um, 
Okay, the... No one speaks to the priestess except her small circle, so this is going to be a challenge. She must be very lonely, then. I should go, um, take her some tea? Um, how about I... Let, let me, uh, let me come... See if I can open the door for you. Sounds very good. Thank you. All right. So, um, the the two of you head over to her tent. Her tent is large and elegant, and uh, there's two and uh, two of there are two attendants at the door at the the flap. And he Kareem walks up. Excuse me. We need to we need to speak to the. The priestess about an urgent matter, and the two the two attendants kind of look at each other and look out. No one is to see. No one is to see her holiness. Kareem's. Yes, I understand that is the normal protocol. However, we have a really bad situation on our hands. So please, let us speak to the priestess now. The two of them kind of look, and then they look at you. Who are you? My name is Eleanor Westergaard. Um, I'm here to speak with the priestess. And who are you? <laughs> Would you give me a bold roll? Ooh. Oh. <clears throat> That wasn't very good at all. That's a negative two. Yeah, that was pretty awful. Um, well, I wasn't really being bold. I was more being sassy. Uh, pretty... <laughs> Sass falls under bold. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sass is categorically bold. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, they they seem um they don't seem to have to be getting the right sense of urgency from the two of you, and they say. Uh, we will let her know that you wish to speak with her when she is available. Please be assured um, when you do so um, that this is a matter of the most urgent and immediate safety and well-being for all of us. Would you like to be dead? Would you like <laughs> being alive? It's Excuse me? Well, I mean, that is the choice. There are, we don't know what, lizards, dragons, kobolds, scouts, warriors. We have no idea what's out there. There's something out there, and it's coming for you. So if you don't want to be breakfast, you should let us see her right now. <laughs> All right. That does it. So they, uh, when we, um, I'll go see if she's available now he he slips into the tent and the other one stands there very very awkwardly not saying anything the other one comes back um please come come in come in and uh they open the tent and you walk in and um you see the uh, the the tent is already starting very uh full of smoke coming from you know, some incense um from some incense pots sitting on legs around the tent and you see the uh, the high priestess sitting in a uh, she's just sitting on her on her knees um by a uh 
by a not by a fire but by one of these um like a brazier of uh coals and in and smoke is coming out of it and she's taking she's taking some deep breaths and then she opens her eyes and well how can i help you um good evening your holiness she nods um, my friend and I, we were scouting, and we've noticed that we are being followed. We believe that we are being followed by some sort of kobolds riding dragons. Kareem pops in. I think they're scouts for the Maroti Empire, holiness. And he, he's, uh, he's keeping his head very differentially bowed um, to her. And she... She no- listens and nods. And, and what do you expect me to do about it? Um, I have noticed that every night you perform rituals. And it seems that you are very adept at that and very good. Um, I have never... I haven't done a ritual in a very long time. I'm wondering if you could help me. I have begun to use uh, magic that can veil people. That is how Mira and I have been undetected, is that we are veiled while riding our carpet. I'm wondering if you can help me to, to do a ritual to veil our entire caravan. What tradition of magic are you following? Where did you study? Who trained you? Um, you are I, self-taught, I am self-taught. <laughs> as Moana says. <laughs> I, I feel the magic. It courses through my veins, and I, I use a technique called visualization. I see what I want to happen, and I make it so. She, she sniffs and sort of waves sort of dismissively. <laughs> I see. You are. Ah, uh, you read the secret. <laughs> <laughs> I see. You're a na- natural talent. I have never done what you're asking me to do. That makes two of us. What exactly are you hoping to accomplish? I am hoping that if the caravan is close enough together that we can be veiled, and that we can move undetected. My, that does sound impressive. I mean, I think we have a few virgins we could sacrifice outside (laughs) if we need to. (laughs) And I cover Mira's ears. I'm just joking, of course. Joking. Just just a joke. <laughs> Nervous laughter. <laughs> okay. So, um, We're not going to kill anything. We're just going to hide us. Okay. So, this sounds like fun. Sure. <laughs> sure. Let's do this. So, um, she motions for you to sit down. 
this is going to be very challenging. I don't know how your magic works. You don't know how ritual practices work. But perhaps if I can understand how you view your magic and how it, how you interact with it, perhaps I can craft a ritual for us together that will accomplish what you're trying to do. It sounds very challenging, but I'm open to trying for the sake of all of us. So are you, um, are you asking how do I cast my magic? Okay, pause. I just got it with allergy. I need to go grab some Claritin real quick and like blow my nose. Just give me a second. I've got like. Okay, I'm gonna think about how I do yeah, my magic. Yeah, think about yeah, think about how you like how you what it like. How do you perceive like what are the metaphysics that she is like? Man, she s- thinks she is manipulating. So do you feel like your magic isn't like tied to your emotions? Where it's like you know you like start sparking. So it's like. Where does it source? Like, is it like a synesthesia kind of thing where it's like you can like hear colors and you can like <laughs> see smells and it's like you start kind of like perceiving your senses differently and like expressing them that way? Or do you like draw from a source? Um, I think it is. <sighs> I guess I'm just going from how I've never thought about this before. Like, how does the magic come? Um, Mini chlorians. <laughs> I think it's connected to her because she's a sorceress, and so that comes like from inside them, from your core. I want to say it's really tied to breath, mm. probably because I tie everything to breath, and that's how like I feel my body is through breath. So I think when, you know, it's like kind of like a focused meditation almost. So breathing. Oh, I like that. And like, I mean, I was, a, I was sort of joking with visualization, but not because I think she gets focused, she breathes, she visualizes what she wants to happen. And then as she exhales, she gets the energy from, I don't know, her very core and yeah. uses her whole body to send it out. I guess it's kind of, I don't know. No, funny, that totally makes sense. Where funny, it's like, but... you know, you envision and you like draw toward yourself, your vision. And then you, on the inhale and then on the exhale, you literally use your body to put it out into the world. I like that. I think if I was going to do magic, I think that's how it would feel. Mm-hmm. Well, especially because your initial kind of... MO is all about like glamour, which is how things look. And so it's almost like you were using your power to like blow like a skin onto something. So it's like you are just putting something on the surface, but now you are able to more like deeply penetrate and like affect whatever that is. So it's like, I don't know. Have you ever seen those like liquid dips? Those like videos yes. where they like yes. liquid dip like helmets yes. and stuff. I so it's that. like at the first you're just able to like kind of put a film over the surface to like make it look different, but then you're able to more deeply penetrate like what that thing actually is or isn't in the case of your veils. I like that. I'm gonna totally steal that metaphor. 
Go for it. That's like a great way to think of it. Yeah. Those liquid dips are so like calming. Oh my gosh, I know. They're great <laughs> videos. You feeling better? Yes, that is helping a lot and quickly. So, all right. So we are back and okay. So the, uh, the priestess, the priestess looks at you and in order for me to craft a ritual, I have to understand the associations that you're working, that you're working with. And perhaps the two of us together can, perhaps I can modify something else I know how to do in order to make it work with what you do. Have you ever done meditation? Frequently. So I would say that my magic begins like that. And when I said visualization, I was sort of joking, but only halfway. I truly do see in my mind's eye what I want to happen. I visualize it, and then I begin to breathe. And as I breathe in, I harness my energy at my core, and I keep breathing. I slow my breath down so that it is methodical, it is in control, and then when I am ready, I release the breath, and I feel as though my core pulses through my hands, and that all of the energy is coming from within, through my fingertips, and what I see is pushed out from me, and becomes. <sighs> all right, let's, uh, let's get to work. So she pulls out a, uh, a few a few books and and then some blank parchment and some ink and the two of you sit down and Mira um, you can be part of this as well so here's how this is going to she's going to work uh, we're because this is fun we're gonna we're gonna um, say that she is successful figuring out how to go about doing it um, but here's what's gonna happen when you're doing rituals um, and it, um, there's a couple of components that we put together in order to figure out the, the difficulty. You're going to need to make a, a, uh, difficulty, a fo sorry, a focus roll. Oh no. Against focus. that difficulty. However, we're going to actually let, uh, because Mira's here and can be a participant yes, in this. Yes, let Mira. We will focus. actually let, um, we will let Mira uh, provide a uh, provide a, a teamwork bonus on the on the roll. So you still need to make the roll, but you get a plus one from Mira. Um, unfortunately, Mira can't do the roll for you. Okay, and this lady, um, uh, you this lady will also give you a teamwork bonus as well, but she can't do the role for you either. I can't do clever because this nope. is very smart. Nope. This is a focus. This uh. is a, uh, this is a sustained, like it's a ritual work is always focus, but you get a plus one from Mira and a plus one from this other lady. So the difficulty Can of Can I just push my limits for this? Ooh. If can I take some stress to myself? Um 
to give myself some bonus. I will say yes, you can use push your limits. It says push your limits, life drain, plus four to a roll or attack all targets. It's to let it's yeah, it's to let you basically do want do something really special and you have to mark you're exhausted. Yes, I will say you can do that. Or plus one to spell casting per box of stress. Um yes, that's what put yes, push your limits lets you use exhausted and then you can also spend stress to get an additional an additional one. So I mean they get plus four. Correct. If I mark exhausted, okay. Okay. Whew. We'll do this. It better work. And that means that exhausted will not be available for some of the other costs of the ritual. So here's how this works. There's more costs. There are more costs here. So let me explain how rituals work. Okay. So we're going to identify a couple factors putting this together. The big thing here is that this is a scale issue, like a magical scale, and an area issue. So that is going to put the overall difficulty at a uh, difficulty of five and it's going to have two ritual costs associated with it that is in order for you to do something that is of a paragon magic scale and is uh, affecting the size of several zones or like the size of like a small building which is what the best you can get the caravan together okay are they all focus rolls it's one roll here's what's happening you're going to succeed. That is not the question. The question is uh, which one of us gets to choose the complicating costs that go with it. So there are two costs. You will pay two costs. Okay, the costs come in the form of um, of uh, conditions, which you can't use exhausted if you're also going to be using push your limits. Okay. It comes in the form of time, where it's going to take longer than expected, so the situation will get worse somehow. It could take components that would po- probably require a challenge scene to for you to acquire special components. Um, and Mira, you can assist in the in carry in the costs as well. So you you can be a participant. She's already got a moderate consequence. She does. Um, you can, uh, it could require assistance that requires you to, you know, go get extra help. Although I feel like you've already kind of pulled that. I think that's kind of a off the table in this case. Um, special circumstances like the, the moon on a certain, uh, the, the apex of the moon on the conjunction of the stars, you know, kind of thing. Um, given your time limits, that's probably not the right thing. Um, it could uh, attract unwanted attention and interference. Um, or there could be some sort of altered effect or drawback. Or you can take conditions. So there will be two costs. When you make your roll, the result of your roll determines whether, um, uh, how, who, who they, uh, who gets to choose. If you succeed with style, you get to choose all of them. Uh, if you succeed, then you choose all of them but one, and if you tie, you and I take turns, and uh, I go first, and if you fail, then I choose all of the costs. So it's a question of who gets to choose your consequences. But you're going to succeed. Okay. Okay? So the difficulty is five, and there will be two costs that we have to do. Um, 
Only one roll. Only one roll. And actually, I feel like there really has... I, and eh, never mind. We're just going to go with this. And this is our first time really introducing ritual magic. And Mira, just behind the scenes, this was kind of... Um, I was kind of working this in without explanation into your staff repair. That's kind. Of, that's why I had you do the the consequence at the end. That totally makes sense. So yeah, we didn't go into like the whole narrative of the. Process yeah, and of in it, retrospect, I wish I had. But that's that was the thing. That's what it was going on in my mind with the staff. So, um, Eleanor. So you have your focus, which is what. Zero. Okay. And Big then you, fat zero. And then you get a plus two from the teamwork from um, Mira and the high priest uh, and the high priestess, and and then I'm gonna push my limits. Okay. And I'm gonna take that exhausted condition. Okay. So you okay? You're gonna put all you have into this. So then that'll. So you're rolling a plus six. Yeah. Let's just hope the dice aren't crappy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey. Ooh, I got a one. Nice. So that would be seven. seven. So that is a success. What was, is it success Difficulty with Difficulty five. So it's not a success with style. You need to succeed by three. So. And so what happens if I succeed with style? Uh, then you get to choose all of the costs. I'm going to use a fate point. Okay. To add a plus two. Deal. Done. I want to choose my consequences. Good move. Okay. So you can choose both of the costs. Here's the list. And the one thing that you're not seeing here is conditions. I have that written somewhere else. But um... Okay. Um, so I have to choose them. Yep. Uh, so it's either time, components, assist, special circumstances, attention, or an altered effect or drawback. Um, and so I could take just more physical damage, right, and be fine. And remember, consequences are not always physical damage. It could be a burnout. It could be a um, it could be a mental impact of some kind. It could be um, a in the right circumstances. It could be social consequences. Um, well, I definitely feel like this is taken all of Eleanor's energy. Sure. Like she put she just pushed her limits and it yeah. is exhausted. Yeah. Um so maybe I take another condition and I've got a moderate consequence. That would be one. So that could be one. Sure, let's do that. Okay, what do you want to call that consequence? Mental fatigue. Okay. Or how about we say how about something a little more like Not mental, it's more it's from her core. It's just like sapped. Depleted. Depleted. Okay. Alright, that works. Okay. So depleted. And then one more. So um, if it's time I then think it time. It sounds like it took us a while to kind of figure out how to put it together. And then we I mean this is our first time doing this, mm -hmm. all of us. I think that's appropriate. So I feel like time probably took us a little bit longer than we were hoping for, but I'm not too concerned because if they find us be invisible so the key to this is that it, it it's uh happens just in time to be useful but just barely so there's basically a drawback related to how close to the wire it comes to fruition okay um that's the idea of the time and scenario. i'm assuming that with this because 
like people have to gather at their camps really mm-hmm. quick. We have to stay really close together that people aren't going to be able to rest. Like we're probably yeah. going to go, we're probably going to be going slowly, like a little slower because the horses aren't getting, to, or not horses, the camels aren't getting to rest. People aren't getting to rest. It's just. Yeah, that sounds, I like the sound of that. Okay, cool. I I like how you worked those out. So, over the, through the, uh, so the, Kareem goes about mobilizing the camp and getting everyone ready and the uh, the other guards are kind of keeping a high watch and you two are working out the, um, are, are working out the ritual and she helps, uh, she helps you set up out in the, in the moonlight and uh, she has a special, uh, a special rod that she uses to draw um, shapes on the ground around you, and she has kind of she teaches you a an incantation that um, is a seems like a translation of of a, a of a, a description that the two of you worked out, um, and it sounds. Even though you don't know what it's saying, it actually sounds like really like it feel the the sounds of the words resonate really nicely for you, and uh, you start um, she she starts working the ritual along with you, and you're you're chanting, and she's got a bunch of incense going, and the uh, Miro. Um, uh, you see Eleanor um, just start as it as she as she starts building the power. It starts glow. She builds this this glow that just spreads, and um, as everyone starts getting the the camp pulled close together, you hear guards shouting in the distance. Um, I see them. They're coming. They're coming. And out, you, you can see Mira, um, out in the, uh, out in the hill, a group of blobby black shapes suddenly rise from the rocks and come rushing at your camp in the, in the, uh, in the, the super early morning. It's probably like 4 a.m. right now. It is dark and you should all be asleep and they come charging at you. And suddenly, at the height of the ritual, um, Eleanor just bursts with this uh, with this moonlight, and every and the whole camp disappears. Ooh. And what do the riders do? They all like pull up to a halt. Like what? But they all they're very confused. So then, oh. you are all now invisible. You now have to move a caravan in tight quarters in the dark and escape pursuit. So now, instead of a fight, which is what I was planning on, <laughs> I think this has just morphed into a challenge. So. Oh, it's uh, it's it's all up to whatever his name, Gazim or <laughs> what is his name again? The big black beard? Kazim. Yeah, Kazim. Not Guzim. Kazim. Yeah, Kazim. It's all up to him to move us. I did... 
so you're gonna you're gonna keep maintaining that so um uh so he does you all do get moving and you uh you do have some of the uh mercenaries um trying to shoot out the occasional arrow if someone gets if some of the scouts get too close you guys get into a very hairy pursuit of um of a uh, cat and mouse through the night okay so we are now into the pursuit so this is going to be a challenge and if things just followed their normal course of of if uh without your without your support eventually the the uh the Moroti uh, scouts will figure out what's going on and will manage to wear down and uh, and still take down the caravan despite the illusion. But the illusion has made it possible for you to escape. So now we're uh, so it's critical that the two of you help the escape, or else they're not going to make it. So um, it is dark. It is. You have a large group of people that are trying to move into trying to make an escape in an orderly way um, in very tight quarters. And you're being pursued by uh, an uh, by uh, dragon folk ambushers who can't see you, but they knew you were there and uh, they're trying to figure out what is going on. So so considering they have camouflage magic, I imagine that while it was alarming when we disappeared had they kept running we still would have crashed into one another oh so, yeah yeah 100 percent. they would have crashed so, they would have crashed so into i'm them. i'm not wholly convinced that they're convinced we're gone oh no they're so, yeah this is a world where magic it like this is impressive this is unusual this is unexpected but um they they definitely are yeah, if you guys don't move, like they will, they will advance into you for sure. No, what I mean but. is, like, since we are trying to move, mm-hmm. we don't want to give up our location because then we're trackable. Even though if even though we're invisible, we're still trackable. So, um, can Mira do something? I was just I, so say. that's what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, this is so yeah. far out of my wheelhouse. Pass without um, trace is actually very much kind of a like earthy foresty kind of spell of like affecting the terrain like erasing this the the sign of passage that's kind of in your wheelhouse so that was actually my next question is um what is the terrain like it are is we leaving trails in the sand or are these like rocks we're disturbing what is it's, what is the environment it's a lot of sand terrain? and it's a lot of sand and scrub and rock this is a challenging terrain for you to work in, so I, I would raise the difficulty by one, but it's doable. But it's not like dunes where we're leaving like literal footprints. There's this some of just... that. There, there's a, there's a bit of that, yes. Okay. But again, it's in your, it's in your realm of doability. Okay. Um, if you would like to take uh, that route, but there's also other things that you guys could conceivably do to help make this. You know, you could. Um, uh, aid the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, organization of the people. You could, um, you know, be making strategic, 
you know, or attack, you know, strategic attacks as the uh, scouts get too close. Like, there's all kinds of things you could be doing to aid the the uh, the circumstances as you try to make your escape. So I would like to use spirit speech. Okay. And that is where I am going to communicate with the local nature spirits. Yeah. The earth itself. Yeah. And I, uh, once procession, gain plus two to an overcome or create advantage in an outdoor environment related to circumventing natural obstacles, finding things, tracking something, or gaining recon of the area. So, um, I like it. So what, hmm, I'm kind of on the fence of whether I want to, um, sort of track them in response and like kind of be able to like orbit them and like see where they they are going so that we can kind of like orbit them Mm -hmm. and go in an opposite direction um or what i really hmm, this might be a reach i really want to do is the land on which we are impacting, mm-hmm. leaving our trails, disturbing rocks, kicking up dust, leaving footprints, etc. I want to mimic that trail and almost like have the the earth itself translate those tracks like a quarter mile away, like in opposite direction, basically creating like and it, like the same tracks that we're leaving, mm-hmm. just translate them a quarter mile offset or hundred yards offset. I mean, that's yeah. I think that's, that's I think that's a, a lot. lot of us. The first one though is a really good like keeping intel on because the the spirits know where these guys are. They can't hide yeah, from them. That lets you know. Oh, and also, you can use it to like it could help you. You could help kind of nav. Remember, because you're in the dark. You could help navigate the uh, the group through the. So I think your spirit speeches are real. This is a great use of of that ability. Okay, then I think that that's actually probably more um, that's more doable, and I think it's a higher chance of success. So let's go with that. Okay. So uh, I'm going to use spirit speech because I mean, what better way to be able to mm-hmm. travel in the dark? Mm-hmm. You don't need to see. Is to use the. You know, by communicating with the land itself, mm-hmm. just sort of intuitively know where they're going so that we know where to go. That is sort of com- that is mm-hmm. a, a combination of where we need to go that's not so far out of our way. So we're still going to where we're going. We're not losing ground. Yeah. Um, but um, going in a way that is opposite from them. Yeah, I think that works. Go ahead and uh, let's do a focus roll and go ahead and add your... Uh, bonus and the the difficulty for all of these challenge rolls, unless circumstances change it, will be a difficulty too. So, uh, so go. Okay, ahead. so this is using a fate point because it's a stunt. No, no, no. So this, I don't think this stunt says fate point. I think it's a. It says once per scene, doesn't it? Or once per session? Uh, once per session. Yep. yep. You that that. Oh, it, I thought stunts by the fact that it was defined as a stunt cost a fate point to use. No, 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 no. They Ooh. they cost a refresh to buy them, and uh-huh. only okay. only very there are there are powerful stunts that require a fate point cost. That Got is not it. the standard thing. 
Oh. Yeah. Usually well, they come with other day. limitations. Yes. Yeah, so you can do this once per, whatever, what did it say? Once per scene? Once or per session. Session. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once per session, you can do this and you just, you get the bonus. Okay. So um, the stunt gives me plus two. My focus is plus three. So I start with plus five. There you go. Don't yeah. roll awful. Uh, my dice give me nothing, so I'm still five. Okay, that is a success with style. So that will, um, so you're actually able to, we'll say you're able to both help guide the caravan through the dark and get extra intel about where they are. Um, so that will actually count as a, uh, that counts as a double success. Um, so you are totally getting, um, conversation going with the local, the local spirits of the, the hills of the the plants of the uh, the and uh, it's and you're you're able to navigate the group and you're able to also help avoid your pursuers and understand where they're coming from and help so so that your group can kind of act accordingly. So very nice. Um, Excellent. So yeah, that's two successes. That's actually gonna you need three. So you guys are two thirds of the way there now. So. That was a really good start to the challenge. Yay. So, Eleanor, what what do you want to do for the uh, for the? Pursuit? So, do I need to hold the spell, or once it's cast in the ritual, then it's just done? It's do- it's done. So you are you are exhausted, you are fried, but you are but you are not. You don't have to maintain the ritual at this point. Um, I think I should probably help people stay together and move. Okay. As quickly as they possibly can. Okay. So how? So um, what are you? Uh, what are you doing? Um, I am walking around. I, I mean, most of the people in the caravan are pretty. I don't know. I, I, we don't have like ill people. We don't okay. have old people. We nope. don't have children with us. So everyone is pretty able mm-hmm. able-bodied um but i think i'm up with what is his name again uh kareem kareem sorry i think i said kazim earlier sorry it's kareem okay so i'm up with kareem um kind of looking to guide and if he needs any orders like shouted back because i assume okay. we're trying to be pretty quiet too as quiet as we possibly can be are you trying to very subtly kind of organize people in a way that might be sneaky rather than bold? Yes. And nicer. <laughs> Not necessarily threatening anyone's... Yeah, like, well, you better move or else you're gonna die situation. No, just trying to get people to... Because Eleanor's tired. She's just trying to help any way she can. Okay. But, but she can't really do... I, I don't think she can really do much magic right now. Yeah, she's she's pretty spent. Um, okay, so how about a uh, how about a sneaky roll difficulty two? Ooh! Wow, that's a five. Okay, I did you, a good job. You did. You also get a successful style. All right, so yes, you are able to very uh, help help people stay quiet help people uh, while also keeping them kind of or, uh, organized and on on task and uh, making things uh, help helping this be a a stealthy success and can the priestess and I be you know kind of tight 
I think the two of you have a new uh, a new uh, I think you have a new friend that you can probably pursue that in further in uh, further adventures. So what is her name? I will go figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) This took a route I was not expecting, so I did not name her. (laughs) Um, But so through the night, you are able to um, do a very effective job of evading your pursuers and they are not a, they, they make multiple points where they try to like charge into where they think you are and you're not there and they get frustrated and you, you kind of head off the, uh, the main road a little ways and then get back onto the main road and they just cannot ever quite seem to pin you down. And after a while you do manage to, um, to leave them behind and you think you have successfully gotten rid of them and when the sun especially when the sun comes up um and it gets really bright and hot you are all so tired but kobolds really hate um traveling during the 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 daylight so they really avoid it you're pretty sure if once you put a few more hours on the road in the sunlight you're pretty sure that you are okay so everyone is going to be um, really tired because you press on through the day, and uh, but by by the time the next night comes around, you're pretty sure you've got a good a good distance away from you now from them now. So, congratulations, you guys totally evaded a uh, Maroti scouting party. We didn't have to kill anyone. You didn't have to kill anyone, and you did something pretty rad on the way. That was awesome. Um, and I think we kind of stretched some muscles that maybe we hadn't used a ton that could be kind of like, I don't know, good. I have, I just, I have this feeling that we're going to have to tap into some pretty kind of new skills, some kind of like untrodden territory um, when it comes to kind of what we're going to have to dip into where we're headed. So maybe this was a really good thing for us to kind of really kind of see what we're made of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the biggest veil you've ever done considering that it's sort of like a new skill for you pay. in the first place. It's so, probably one of the biggest. I I mean, unless you've changed the look of entire palaces themselves, it's probably <laughs> the biggest appearance of anything you've ever changed and kept it on while moving yeah yeah so yeah as a first i like the collaboration with the priestess that's cool cool. so just pulling back the 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 pulling back the curtains a bit so um doing uh so ritualist is a stunt to be able to so ritual magic lets you like really do big cool stuff with magic that goes beyond a single action, oh. which is normally what you do. Can sorceresses do ritual magic, or do you have to be a wizard? You it requires training. Druids, pretty much all of the different casters can do it. Uh, wizards are the most frequent, but clerics and druids commonly are. Sorcerers really doesn't come well. Like it's, does it's, Mira have ritual magic? She could. She so that's could, what I was gonna say. She you, does it right now. You need it's a it's a stunt. So basically, you were tagging on to the high priestess's yeah ritual stunt. So mm. somebody... she was kind of borrowing your power, and it was mm-hmm. supercharged by her 
ritual battery. Yeah, she gave you the she, power. she crafted the ritual for you and okay. helped you do it. Okay. Um, but that's something that Mir, you know, so Mira, it kind of seems up your alley because ritual magic is a usually a function of focus. Um, yeah, something to think about could be up your alley. Yeah. So you you pre the the whole caravan presses on through the day. None of you had a good night's sleep. You are exhausted. You reach the next night, and you're confident that you've put many miles between you and the the Maroti Kobold Scouts, and everyone flops down and wearily crashes for the night, and you get to finally rest, and you are exhausted. <laughs>